What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast. For the month of January, we are posting an episode every single day at 6 a.m. Central Time. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the Budget Trek podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have a very special guest. He is the chairman at Build Your Empire. He has over $1 billion in global sales, Mr. John Malott. John, what's going on, man? Hey, brother. How are you? Doing great, my man. Cannot complain. So I want to dive deeper into who you actually are. But before we get into that, I want to kind of give a little insight into my story. So this is a personal finance podcast. Started as me and my wife's journey to getting out of $50,000 in debt. I wanted to document that journey and educate on my struggles and my successes. But I figured out that having an interview component with people like yourself, people who are always striving to be better day after day, was really helpful to my audience because everyone has a different story, a different journey, not just with personal finance, but with entrepreneurship. And I want to be a platform for that story to be heard. So before we get into that, and before we get into your story, I want to start with this question. John, what is the dumbest thing you have ever spent money on? (laughs) Um, the man, I've, I've spent (laughs) dumb, (laughs) lots of times I spent money on dumb things. Uh, I bought an Evora, a Lotus Evora, a brand new, what was it? 2012, I believe Lotus Evora that turned out to be one of the dumbest (laughs) besides bottle. Look. I had one year in bottle service of almost a half a million dollars. So Jeez. That, was, that was pretty dumb too. So, so I hear that too, because I'm part of Social X. I heard a little bit of your call in there, but you do have an interesting come up. So of course that is integrated with your story. So let's go ahead and dive deeper into that. Give a 30,000 foot view into who John Malad is. What's your story? You know, I, I don't have all the things that society says you're supposed to have to be successful. I, I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a high school diploma and you know how society has a way of putting people in boxes. Mm. You know, it could be the color of your skin, could be your gender. In my case, it was my lack of education. I ended up doing exactly you know, what society expected from a 10th grade dropout. I started my working career off as a janitor. I was, uh, well, of course I had a title, you know, I'm a custodial engineer. Right. I, I, was, I was scrubbing another man's toilets. I'm working paycheck to paycheck. I'm struggling to keep up with the big mouth promises I made to family, friends and, and bill collectors. I was just getting nowhere very, very fast. I, I, was, I was out of control. My, my first felony arrest, I was 15 years old. By the time I was released from a juvenile detention facility, uh, the crack epidemic, it wasn't called the crack epidemic then. We were, we were smoking cocaine, which is called freebasing. That hit our neighborhood hard. By 17 years old, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine. I was just off track, man. I was, I was so behind on, on life, on life skills, uh, finances, you name it. By the time I left that drug rehabilitation facility, I, I didn't have anything. And I had the, the shoes on my feet, the jeans I was wearing, and the sweatshirt that I entered the facility with. And that was it. 
Uh, I was fortunate, though, that in that drug rehabilitation facility, there was a guy by the name of Dave, former outlaw motorcycle gang member, who saw more of me than I saw myself. And he convinced me. We did, he, he worked to convince me. It didn't happen that, during that time, but a seed was planted that business was my way out. Business was my way out of the neighborhood. Business was my way out of the circumstances. Business was my way out of you know, making excuses about how crappy my life was. And so it was there that things started to turn and the seed was planted. How to Win Friends and Influence People was the first book he gave me, the first book I actually read the whole book. And that set things in motion for me to pursue business. So from there, I started, uh, well, nobody would hire me. So I, I, it was, I had two choices, bum or entrepreneur. Uh, because nobody wanted to give a, a high school dropout, you know, with, with you know my record, my track record. Nobody was interested in hiring me. So it became clear that the only way things were going to happen was if I made them happen. And uh, so that's why I, I ventured off into uh, a, a whole lot of entre entrepreneurial adventures. Most of them were complete disasters, failures. But like Mark Twain said, Mark Twain said one time, he said, uh, uh, I've only had a couple of breakthroughs, uh, but those those breakthroughs have kept me in pipe tobacco most of my life. Uh, you only need a couple couple home runs to live an extraordinary lifestyle, and and that's and that's really what happened to me. Yeah, you you really just need that right person to say yes. And going back to the guy that saw more in you when you were in rehab than than you saw in you, how important is it that young entrepreneurs now maybe they're not in that position where they're you know in rehab and struggling, but just starting out, how important is it that they actually have a mentor? Man, it's critical. I, I, I don't know how, how I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without that because there was no way on my own devices I was going to, number one, find the information because I wasn't looking for the information. I had already given up or, or my own ego wouldn't have allowed me to, to find the information that was necessary for me to make the changes. So that was number one. Um, but having, having mentors all through my life, every single breakthrough I've ever had, I can tell you it started with a mentor, whether it was in my spiritual walk, uh, my social walk, social media, business, family, relationships, everywhere. Um, uh, health, fitness was always because I, I, I had somebody or, or a few somebodies that, that guided me directly. And basically what a mentor does is short, hopefully shortens the learning curve. I'm not talking about the, the false prophets and the gurus that, we're, that we see all over the place these days. I'm talking about... Right. Someone that, that's willing to get in the trenches with you, uh, teach you real fundamentals, you know, skills that can be transferred or, or acted upon uh, to help you become, you know, better than what you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So did having that mentor and then, you know, you went a few years, how did you actually get into sales? What, what <laughs> struck that interest? Well, for me, it was interesting because, uh, again, nobody would hire me. Nobody, nobody was interested in me. So I went to an event and in the back of the I went to one of these, uh, a personal development seminar. And because uh, at this point, I'm, I'm, I know I need to change. I don't know how to change exactly. I just know that a seed was planted. I got to do something about it. So I went to a seminar uh, where a motivational speaker was talking. But in the back of the room, they had a table. And the table had a magazine called Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. All three things that I, I, I wanted to be at the time. So I picked it up out of curiosity. Inside of there, there was a flyer, a guy's name in there with a phone number. But anyways, I called I call the guy. Long story short, I ended up in a network marketing company. Um, I had no idea what that meant or what that was about, but what they did tell me, they didn't care about my background, didn't care about anything about me, but that they would teach me the skills, uh, that were necessary to build inside this company. And that was, that was my first taste of success because little did I know a guy by the name of Jim Rohn had a financial incentive to become my mentor, to teach me because he would earn income, um, from things that I did along with another guy named Ray Last, a couple of their big, powerful men. 
They taught me, uh, they taught me all, you know, fundamentals. They taught me how to scale businesses. They taught me leadership, team building, sales, of course. Um, and those things, you know, carried on. Those things were, were very transferable skills. There was, I was able to take into many other companies. You know, since then, I've had real estate you know, investment companies, publishing companies, mixed martial arts, cage fighting companies, nightclubs, restaurants. Um, but all of that came from the skills I learned in a network marketing company. So at what point through that journey did you look at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, I'm pretty good at this? <laughs> you know, even, even today, you know, I, I have a, I, my, my mind messes with me more than that. even today. Like I never feel like, uh, you know, I, I wake up every single morning trying to figure out how do I get better? I, you know, I, right. I never feel like I've made it. You know, it, it doesn't matter. We, we were at the top of our game, you know, doing a couple hundred million dollars a year in, in revenue. And I still was like, all right, you know, I got to figure out this next step. I got to, there, there's a missing piece. How do you get from 220 million to, to a half a million? Uh, excuse me, to 220 million to 500 million, a half of, you know, half a billion. How do you, how do you do that? I mean, you know, obviously people know how to do it. So I started searching out mentors that, that, you know, were, were much higher than me. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I think there was a point where I knew I didn't have to worry about money anymore. You know, it was a night because I always had stress about money, you know, rents coming due, car payments coming due. There was a point where there was, you know, more money uh, than I had desire to spend, which is pretty unusual for me. Right. Uh, so, so from a financial standpoint, I knew that, uh, especially compared to most, you know, I now had freedom. The biggest thing I, I always was working for was to be free. And, um, you know, there was a point where I realized I'm really free. Nobody can tell me what to do or when to, when to punch in or if I want to, you know, it's Tuesday and if I want to take a vacation on Wednesday, I didn't have to ask a boss or check a bank account. So, so that was a, that was a big turning point for me, but I never felt like I've made it. I, and I still feel like I've got a long way to go. I still got a lot to learn. Yeah. I think that's huge too. Never feeling like you've actually made it. And we're going to get into this later, but it all comes down to goals. And I think everyone has these inherent goals. But I don't really ever think you hit your goals because when you get close to hitting your goals, they just escalate to a new level, you know? So, but I ask all these questions about your past to lead to this one question because we can all tell like you didn't start this journey with success. I mean, you're the first to say you didn't start with success, but we can see now that you've attained a certain level of success, both on social media and just in everything you've done, generating millions and billions of dollars. So throughout that journey, how did the management of your own personal finances play a role in getting you to where you are today? Well, because I've had to learn everything the hard way. So paying taxes, when you're an entrepreneur, you get a bunch of money and it's not tax. You know, again, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you get to, you know, pay yourself first and then, and then after expenses and everything else, you pay the tax man. Well, I learned the hard way, give, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Uh, but I wasn't versed in that until later on. I got financial mentors that came in my life. I got, I got behind with the tax man in a big way. Uh, so that, that shifted you know, me thinking about, okay, I got to get this financial game figured out. Uh, and then I sought out mentors when it came to uh, investments, stock market, uh, uh, money type investments, Forex. Um, different, different areas like that. So I started, cause I wanted to, I had a mentor, a billionaire mentor named Paul J. Meyer. God rest his soul. But Paul J. Meyer used to talk about before he ever gets out of bed, his money has already started working for him. His money, he's, he puts overalls on his money. And so I caught on, okay, I've got to figure out a way to put overalls on my money. So when I go to sleep, my money is still working for me. So yeah, so, so I started to search out people in, in finance, financial uh, people that have big financial, of course, I read it, but just about everything, you know, Warren Buffett put out, and his mentor, Charlie Munger, 
because uh, I figured if I'm going to learn, I might as well learn from, you know, <laughs> the best, best out there. Yeah. So that, that was a great foundation for me. But then, of course, there's, so, there, there's all kinds of different ways you can go with that. But just figuring out, you know, little things like, because uh, I see a lot of people that are broke at a higher level. They're, they're broke. They got big money. They're just, but they're not managing their, their cash. See, when you, when you start to get business principles down, one of the things you learn early on is how to manage cash flow inside of your business. If you don't manage cash flow, you're going to be bankrupt. So I wasn't managing cash flow well in my personal life, but I started, I, I was being taught how to manage cash flow in my business life. So eventually that carried over the same principles I used to manage cash flow in my companies. I started to use to manage cash flow in my personal life. And still, you know, I, I can be pretty fast and free with my personal money where I would, where I would, I'm a lot more conservative and, and even frugal, I guess, when it comes to my, my business, you know, the money that's being generated inside of my business that, that you know, I have uh, stewardship, stewardship over. Yeah. And it's cool too, because, you know, being disciplined with your finances is definitely key. And Grant Cardone says, you know, you obviously have to continue to try to increase your income, but you still have to live like you're broke because if you don't, then you <laughs> will be broke, you know? And too many of these entrepreneurs, they, they start making a lot of money and then they start spending all their money. And I've said it quite a bit of times. I mean, you can make a million dollars a year, but if you spend a million dollars a year, you're still broke. It doesn't oh, make a difference. So yeah, again, broke, broke at a higher level. And I'll tell you, then you got the other side of it where you've got the, the kind of fake it till you make it where you mm -hmm. see a lot of these young entrepreneurs now, they don't really have much going on, not much coming in. But again, they take that money to make it look like they got money. But here's the bigger problem. Besides that it's BS, what it's, it's playing a, a mind game. It's playing a trick on their subconscious. So they're actually feeding themselves that they're successful. The, the beauty of the subconscious mind is that when you know you're going after something and trying to and, and, and going for a goal or whatever, your subconscious mind will go to work without even thinking about it on whatever that goal is. But if you're faking it and pretending like you're a success, you're almost telling your subconscious mind that you're successful. So now your subconscious mind doesn't go to work for you to go open up doors and make things happen. So it's a, it's a terrible, terrible disservice because some of these, these young entrepreneurs now, they're never really ever going to be successful in that manner. They're always going to have to continue on the facade of showing off things, taking pictures yep. in front of Lamborghinis and all this stuff. Not, nothing wrong with that necessarily, except for the fact that they're tricking themselves into believing that they're somehow successful, you know, beyond what they really are. Yeah. I completely hey, agree with a, that. When, when, yeah. When I was a bum, I knew I was a bum. You know, I had a Pontiac 2000, two tone, one tone rust, yeah. one tone dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew it. I, and so every day I was focused on that next level. I, I, I was focused on progress, progress, progress. I didn't care what you thought. You know, I, I did because of my insecurities, but I knew where I was, but I knew that's not where I was going to stay. Right. And I, and I think it's being really self-aware of like where you're actually at being honest with yourself. Cause I mean, I believe it like being honest with yourself of where you're actually at financially success wise, spiritually anywhere is actually going to propel you to that next level. And I think people who lie to themselves, like you said, you're doing yourself a disservice. There, there's a, uh, an Instagram account out there called baller busters. I don't know if you've heard of them, but yeah. they do that same thing. They, they, you know, call out people who fake it till you make it. Cause it's just the wrong mentality because I think people come into this entrepreneur space thinking they have to fake it till they make it. And you don't yeah. have to, you just have to be good at something and just push it and add value, you know, day after day. No. Yeah. That, that's it. If you're, if you're adding value and you're, you're, you know, I, I tell people the biggest shift in my life when I started focusing on other people, you know, when I started focusing on other people, then, you know, it was, it was interesting how I, I, when I started helping other people pay their car payments, not, not that I was paying them, but, in the trenches with them, working with them. Um, I didn't have a car payment. 
you know, so I, I always learn from a mentor, you know, help enough other people get what they want. You'll never have to worry about what you want. Yeah. And there, there's no, no truer statement. Yeah. That's definitely key there. I want to hop back to a point I made earlier about financial success and it being a goal. So like I said before, I, I don't really ever think that you reach your goals, let alone financial success, your own version of it. Cause that's just going to escalate to an entirely new level. But for right now, what does financial success mean to you and how do you predict that changing over time? Well, for, for me, I, I think it's a constant because financial success has always been freedom. Uh, there's only, there's all, there was only really one reason uh, for, for me to make money and that was free freedom. I, I, number one, I've been locked up, I've been incarcerated. So freedom's always important. But what I caught on very quickly, I had a mentor one time say, you know, John, we live in America, the land of the free, but, but you have to ask yourself, how free are you really? Because tomorrow morning you're going to get up um, you're, you're going to get up and it's still going to be dark outside. You're going to leave the people behind that you really want to go hang out with to go hang out with people. You're not even sure you like, and you know, they don't like you because when you walk past the water cooler, they stop talking because of course they were talking about you, but when they're gone, you talk about them. You give people the number one sign on the way to work and back stressed out in traffic. And this is America, the land of the free for the majority of people that live here. And then when it's all said and done, you get to go greet at Walmart. Um, for me, that was like, that was, you know, pretty eye opening. It's like, I, I don't want to do that. I want to sleep until I'm done sleeping. I want to hang out with my kids. I want to be with my family. I want to travel the world. I want to, you know, see people, meet people, do all these things. But I caught on pretty quickly. You cannot do that without financial success. Right. Cause I know, I, I, and, and then there's a, it's a two point deal. I know people that have a lot of money, but they have no time. Mm -hmm. They're not free either. And then, then like me. I had a whole bunch of time, but I had no money. I was for sure not free. So for me, it was about how I focused on building residual income, like this cash flow machine that no matter what I did, you know, I could mess up over here. I could mess up in one company or I could mess up one thing, but I always had the backup because of residual income that I built right. in another company. And so yeah, freedom, 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 freedom. And in the future, I, I have a feeling that's going to be my answer again, freedom. Yeah. I love that answer. This whole podcast was predicated on reaching financial freedom and because that's it. It's a land of the free. I never thought about it that way, but how free are you? You're not really free. You have to work at it and actually get what you want. So yeah, I, I think that's huge. And you, you mentioned something too, family, you know, having kids, I know you're married. How important is it to, you know, if you don't have that time, finding that balance between work and downtime with your family? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, you know, you, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, are like F balance. It's, yep. you know, I, I came up under a little different school. Paul J. Meyer, billionaire Paul J. Meyer. This guy was in his 80s. He was climbing mountains, scuba diving. One of the most amazing men I ever met. Uh, for for the, the second half of his life, he was giving away 100% of every dollar that he made. Um, the, the guy was just brilliant, and but he he focused on balance, and he said, "Look, you're going to get what you focus on. If you believe balance is a myth, then that's what's going to be." He says, "Yeah, of course. If you're going to if you're launching a company, you're going to get out of balance with your family, maybe your health a little bit." But he said, "If you don't bring it back around, and if you sacrifice your health in the pursuit of wealth, one day you're going to give all your wealth back to get your health back." Right. And if if look, I was doing this for my kids, and I remember I, I was so off base in the beginning with my my I, my ex wife that I just believe that, hey, shut your mouth. I'm going to make the money. And I was so out of balance in my family life. Of course, you know, then my, my wife hates me. The kids hate me. They don't understand why daddy's gone all the time. 
because I'm in the pursuit of money. I'm trying to make a better life for us. But without me communicating that properly, it, it just created animosity and it wasn't even worth it. You know, when you, when you lose your family, if you lose your health, you lose all these things because you've got a bunch of money. Uh, you know, I'm not sure for me, for me, it wasn't worth it. I lost a whole lot in the pursuit of money. I, I, I lost, I lost self-respect. Um, I lost relationships. So look, I, I think balance is important. Do, do what you can. If nothing else, get the people in. If you're in pursuit of money right now and you've got a goal or you've got a business that you're launching, then I would say make sure your family's involved. So later on, I started doing these dream boards with my kids and we would, you know, we would cut out pictures in magazines and we would glue them on these boards. And, and uh, then it became clear. I would say, look, daddy's working on Disney World. Or, or I'd say, where do you guys want to go? And they, remember one time they picked like these tree houses up in Costa Rica, up in the, the, the canopy of the jungle. Yeah. And so when I would be home sometimes doing nothing, my kids would be like, hey, shouldn't you be out working on Disney World? Or shouldn't you be out <laughs> working on the Costa Rica trip? So now they were more involved and it became a right. different process and it became fun. So I, that, that was another way to bring balance, family balance into my business life. And then just taking time. Look, you got to take people are out of whack building businesses. Look, if, you, if, if you're out of shape physically, uh, and you're stuck in wind every day and you're, you're not, you don't have energy. Like I got energy that goes nonstop. I can't imagine, like, I don't know how I would run my businesses if I didn't have the energy that I have. And I see people sacrificing their health so much, their health and their relationships are the two big things people sacrifice. People sacrifice their spiritual walk, all these things. And you're not going to feel that until maybe later on. But what you will feel pretty quick if you're in your twenties and you're sacrificing your health, it'll probably be in your thirties when uh, you have a meltdown, a breakdown. Yeah, a health situation that will force you into changing your ways. Yeah. So, so would balance probably be your number one piece of advice for young entrepreneurs? Uh, yes and no, because again, you're talking to a guy who was out of balance <laughs> when I was a young entrepreneur. <laughs> and it worked to an extent. And it worked. It, it worked. So yeah, from a result standpoint, from a result standpoint, a, a, a speed of results, if you're going to get out of balance, get out of balance quick speed it up, knock it out, go, go all in and get it done fast. Mm -hmm. Don't do what a lot of entrepreneurs do. They got, you know, one toe in, they're giving a lot of lip service, but they're still neglecting these other areas. Go, if you're going to go, go hard all the way. Otherwise start working on getting balanced right now. You know, Paul J. Murray used to draw this wheel and he'd have, you know, social, financial, spiritual, health, fitness. And he would, you know, he would show, you know, when you get out of whack over here, that wheel's not rolling very good. Right. So, I think, you know, you got to be thinking about it for sure. And if ever you want to be married, have kids, have, have a healthy long-term relationship, you know, balance is going to become important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I am married. I just got married uh, seven months ago yesterday. And Congratulations. Thank you, man. So, you know, doing this podcast is the first thing I've done entrepreneur-wise, but it's it's been about balance. And I told her beforehand, I said, if if you ever feel like I'm I'm not dedicating the time to us that you think you deserve, you have to tell me. Because if not, then I won't know. I'll be blind to it. So I, th I think, too, it's just being on the same page with your significant other and making sure that, you know, they're happy and then happy wife, happy life. That's what they say. <laughs> so, Trust me on that, bro. And, yeah. uh, and that's another way. You want to you work, work your butt off, go make a fortune, mm -hmm. get married, piss off your spouse, get divorced. Half of your fortune is now gone. So all that, all that energy, all that stuff is now gone. Yeah. I've done it twice. <laughs> yeah. So I can speak on it. There you go. It's good advice, man. Well, hey, I want to be respectful of your time, so let's go ahead and start wrapping up. I've been ending my episodes with a speed round, so five questions that have nothing to do with the podcast, five to ten seconds to answer. Your first answer is your last answer. Okay. So number one, 
Would you rather give up showering or internet for one month? No. Neither? <laughs> um, I would give up internet before I give up showering. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have constantly dry eyes or a constantly runny nose? <laughs> constantly dry eyes or a constantly runny nose? I, yeah, I, I think I'll take the dry eyes and some, some Visine. <laughs> Would you rather the police be hunting you down for a crime you didn't commit or have a psychopathic clown chasing after you? <laughs> That's funny, man. Um, <laughs> boy, I would take my chances with the psychopathic clown. I, I got weapons. In, yeah, at least you can fight back. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got weapons of dealing with the clown. Would you rather be feared by all or loved by all? Love for sure. You know, lo love is the deal. I feel like that was a pretty easy one. And then number yeah. five, and you probably have to use the whole time allotment for this. What is your <laughs> most valuable asset, yourself or your time? Time. Okay. Um, why? Look, it's 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 a limit. It's the mo it's a limited resource. Um, I, I just did a live on Instagram on my Instagram page, and I talked about if you live to be a hundred years old, it's still a very short period of time. We have a, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we got, we're just a blip on the screen. We got a very limited amount of time and, and, and we waste time like crazy. Of course, scrolling mindlessly through social media, um, all the things that we do, you know, some, you know, I, I take a little bit of time every day to meditate and sometimes I don't feel like it's productive, but I realize it's an important piece to me being more productive down the road. Yeah, time time is a deal, bro. I can I can make money, but I can't make time, man. I can't I can't turn the hands of time back. Uh, I, I you know it seems like it's speeding up every year. I, everyone I talk to says like 2019 it has to be the fastest year ever. Oh yeah, and it's, it's getting crazy. faster, man. We're because we're moving faster. So you know, before you look, I'm I'm about to be 50, and it's like, man, 50 years. Uh, that <laughs> half what is it? Half a century. Yeah. Where did it go, man? I, I can tell you, I, I can, I remember, you know, 15, like it was yesterday. Right. Crazy time, yeah. time, time. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But awesome. man. we're going to go ahead and completely wrap up. Where can my audience find you on social media? Uh, best place to find me is on Instagram. I, that's where our, I invest most of my time uh, putting out content, content information for people and, and for myself. It's uh, at John J O H N dot Malat. That's M-A-L-O-T-T. -T. That's one L, two T's. M-A-L-O-T-T. -T. So John.Malot on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, or you can I'll check out my, I also have the uh, Build Your Empire page as well. So you know, I'm chairman of Build Your Empire. Yeah. Um, but I'm more, I'm more likely to respond on the John.Malot page. Yeah, I'll link those two accounts in the show notes. Reach out to him. Tell us what he thought of the episode. And John, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. Man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm posting episodes every day in January at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.